All right, so welcome to the Nick and Dime podcast with Nick and Heim. I'm your host, Jaime, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Nick. Well, um, how you guys doing? So I just want to I just want to give a quick background for myself. Um, well, actually, no, nah, no, nah, I'll let you go first because you're the good, you're the host, you're the host here. So I'll let you go first, and then I'll go after you. So my name is Nick Santa Maria. I'm 22 years old. Uh, I'm a senior at Westchester University. Um, I got to know Jaime in the eighth grade. We got to playing basketball together. Um, I've been playing basketball my whole life. I love playing the sport. I love the team camaraderie, everything that comes with it. Um, and that's made me passionate about the NBA. Um, and that's kind of mm -hmm. why we're here. Yeah. Um, but my team will get, get around the biases already. My team is <laughs> Boston Celtics, um, like the Dallas Cowboys too, unfortunately. Um, so those teams are the two main ones and mm. the other teams that I like are irrelevant. So yeah, <laughs> that's just a little bit about me. They're irrelevant. Hey, but the fan bases from those teams, those teams might not think so. So you might as well just say it. You might as the well. Philadelphia Flyers and the Baltimore Orioles. It's going to take a few okay. years before they can become <laughs> who yeah. they want to be. So. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, like you said, um, we met. In the eighth grade, I'm Jaime Orr, by the, uh, by the way, went to your Catholic, 22 years old, and we met at your Catholic. Um, we played basketball together for like four, four years. Mm -hmm. uh, he was my first friend at your Catholic, had no friends. I didn't know anyone. You know, he's my first, he's my first friend there. I played basketball since I was like four or five years old. So it's my passion. Uh like he said, let's get the biases out the way. I'm a Cavs fan for basketball. Uh, I rep it. I rep it every day. Uh, for football, I like the Chargers. Uh, bright future, but you know we're an offensive coordinator away. Yeah. See how that goes, man. Lombardi, Lombardi. I'm tired of him right now, but we don't got to talk about that. That's another sport, another day. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I don't have any other teams. Well. We can talk about college basketball. I like Kentucky, but other than that, no, I don't have a team in any other sport, so we'll just leave it there. Yeah, I'm a UCLA fan, so, yeah, we'll just hey. leave it at that. Yeah, sure. we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I went to the Final 40 uh, two years ago, and last year, this season that just passed, what, uh, Sweet 16? Yeah, I was at the Sweet game 16? and they lost, yeah, yeah, right in front of my face. Bad luck charm. Yeah, Bad luck charm. yeah that's what that is. Curse. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so pretty much what I want to go through today is the second round matchups and predictions that we have for the second round matchups, and we'll go from series to series. I want to start with the Boston and Milwaukee series because that was the first game yesterday, and it was a banger all the way up until the end of the fourth quarter where the Bucks pretty much just pulled away. Um, but I want to talk about that, and my prediction is Celtics in six. Uh, and I say that with a little bit of caution just because Milwaukee stole one in Boston last uh, yesterday afternoon. It was, a, it was a tough one in TD, but hey, I know you're a Celtics fan, so I'll let you, I'll give you the keys to this one right now. So go ahead, I'll let you talk. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have Celtics in six as well. Uh, I mm. think it's going to be a tough series. I think it's a different, completely different matchup, two completely different teams from the Nets. Mm. Um, I think everyone gave the Nets the benefit of the doubt, thinking that they were actually going to make it to the finals. But we saw how flawed the team was. But yeah. this Bucks team has been prepared all year long. And even though they're missing Chris Middleton right now, um, they're still solid defensively. And uh, one of the big things that we'll talk about in this series is the matchup within the bigs. Uh, in the yes. um, mm -hmm. it's probably the biggest uh, issue that Boston's going to face against yeah. Milwaukee um, because they let you settle for three-pointers. They did mm -hmm. that with Chicago, and yep. um, Chicago ended up dying by the three rather than living by it. Mm -hmm. um, and Boston did that yesterday, tried to live by the three and yeah. ended up dying by it. And right. um, they got so caught up and so behind in the game. And mm -hmm. Milwaukee's just not the team there. You know, they just won the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. um last year so it's they're no joke and they've mm -hmm. maintained almost the same roster as well mm -hmm. um and I just think other than PJ Tucker I mean they still have the same roster the same coach everything's still the same and Giannis is still Giannis and 
uh, that's one thing that we have to take into account um, yeah. as we go into the series. Probably the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. He's got the highest motor out of anyone mm. other than, you know, Embiid and uh, Jokic are, you know, their MVP. I mean, Jokic is MVP, but, mm. you know, they both are running big minutes. But yeah. Giannis, every single night, that dude goes hard no mm. matter what. So it's always a test when you come up against that guy, and especially him yeah. being – Seven one dribbling yeah. all over the court, you know. Yeah, he's a special breed. Yeah. No, yeah. So you pretty much you pretty much pinpoint a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I have. But one key takeaway for me is Chris Middleton being out for the first couple games of this series. It's gonna hurt him. He might be out the whole series. Actually, now that I think about it, but if he's out this whole series, it's gonna look rough. Now, yesterday it didn't matter, but I don't think. I don't think Milwaukee can beat Boston four times without Chris Middleton. I just don't think so. Now, in order in order for them to do that, Drew Holiday has to has to have a big night every night. He cannot he cannot have those little twelve point games and ten point games. He can't do it. Defensively, he's the biggest impact on the perimeter, trying to guard a guy like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, but as far as defensively for Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez is the biggest key for them. He is their paint protector. He's their rim protector. If you go down there, he's going to try to send it to the to the rafters. He's going to try to. He's a, he's a great shot blocker. Uh, if he can hit shots, it's going to be big for, for Milwaukee. If, if he can hit shots and if Bobby Portis can hit shots, it'll be big. Because Bobby Portis was great in that series against uh, Chicago. I want to say he averaged close to 20 points per game. Shot 40-some percent from the three-point line in that series. He, he was great. Uh, it comes down to Celt- – for the Celtics, it comes down to three-point shooting. I think it comes down to them hitting shots. Just like you said, they, Milwaukee forced – Milwaukee forced uh, Chicago to shoot the three, and they died by it. And Boston is a better shoot- three-point shooting team than Chicago, but really, as far as numbers say, Marcus Smart isn't the greatest three-point shooter. Uh their great, their best three point shooter numbers wise this season has been Grant Williams, and he's usually in that corner camp and he's a good shooter. But if he can't hit the shot, it's going to be hard for them to beat Milwaukee. Uh, now defensively against Giannis, that's the biggest hole. That's the biggest hole. You got it. You got to be able to wall up and get in front of Giannis, and it's going to be hard. Uh, I'm, I I didn't watch too much of the game last night, and I don't I don't know who started on him. Was it Robert Williams that started on him? I I missed the game, but I saw. Okay. I think it. I think it would be Rob Williams. And yeah. Anything it'd be Hal Horford. Hal Horford. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. I think that's going to be the two two main guys that will guard Giannis. Uh, I like Al Horford on him, uh, much more than Robert Williams, just because he's a more solid body and he he's quick on his feet, can move. Uh, for how old he is, at least. Um, but yeah, really, that's that's my main takeaway for this series and I have Boston in six. So I hope now when I say Boston in six, I'm not rooting against Milwaukee. Now you, I know you're a Boston fan, so you're going to root for your squad. I get it. But me, I'm not rooting against anyone uh, when I choose them. So if anyone comes at my neck, like, Oh, Boston lost this series. I'm not going to be like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Boston. So like, I'm not cheering. I'm not going to cheer. <laughs> I'm not cheering for them or against Milwaukee. So, yeah. So the next series I have on the board is Golden State versus Memphis. Now, that was yesterday as well after the Milwaukee game. Uh, I have Warriors in six. I have Warriors in six. I just think that the I just think that the age factor for for Golden State is going to play is going to play a big a big part, big part They They've been to four straight final or five straight finals. Four or five, I forget what it was. I think it was, yeah, it was five because mm-hmm. they went to four against the, the the Cavs and then that one against the Raptors. So, like I said, yeah, it's that that age factor, that experience, that championship pedigree. Now it's not the same team that it was back in 2016-17, but this team is very very fun. Jordan Poole, that's that like that's the first thing in my notes. Jordan Poole, it's the pool party. That, that guy, he had, what, 31 last night off the bench, 33. I think it was, it was either 31 or 33 off the bench. Like, that's big. That's big time. Like, if you can get a guy that can put up 20-plus off the bench for a team like that, 
is dangerous. His shot creation is amazing for that team. They need they need someone that can that can create a shot because I, I, Clay Thompson can't get his shot off, but he's not a shot creator like Jordan Poole is. Uh, Draymond Green getting ejected was big, but it didn't seem as big. He had eight turnovers in the first in that in that before he even got ejected. He had eight turnovers. He wasn't shooting the ball well defensively. He was okay. He was okay, but the eight turnovers was just terrible. Like it was it was awful. Uh, Clay has to be Clay. We talked about this even before the show. Uh, Clay has to be Clay. If he's the he's the biggest X factor for this team, the biggest. He's the absolute X factor. If he's not hitting his shots, this Memphis, this Memphis team can creep up on you. And hey, like I said, they're young. But hey, if their age doesn't show, they're here for a reason. They were the two C for a reason. So we can't underestimate Memphis just because they're young. That's not that's not going to be an excuse when this when these when the ball tips off. Uh, Brandon Clark. We talked about this before the show as well. Brandon Clark. He's he's big time. He reminds me of a young Tristan Thompson as far as like he's going up to get every offensive rebound. And that might be disrespectful to call him Tristan Thompson, but Hey, the Cavs paid him 70 mil for what two, three years because he he was getting every offensive rebound. And that's what it seems like. He's getting every offensive rebound, all the dirty work. He's he hasn't even played, he didn't play much minutes at the end of the season for the for the Grizzlies. And then he just comes back in the rotation and now he's there. Mm-hmm. Shay, uh, what's his name? Uh DeAnthony Melton or DeAnthony Mil- uh, Milton. He came in hitting shots. He was out of the rotation for the second half of the season. He yeah. comes in hitting big time shots. And I'm like, whoa, like what the heck? Like, like this team is so deep. Like they can put in anyone and they'll produce. They got a rookie in Zaire Williams coming in and playing good good minutes. They got Tyus Jones, who's probably one of the best back, like backup point guards in the league. Agreed. So so I think that the Grizzlies will make this competitive. That's why I have it in six. Uh and also we got to take into account that the Grizzlies won three out of the last four when they played in the regular season. So, I mean, you got to take that into account. Yeah. Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson, I have a problem with you, sir. You need to stay out of foul trouble. It's just, it's just no if, answer, buts. You had a great game. You had a great game yesterday. But if you can't stay out of foul trouble, you're not. There's no way that the Grizzlies can win this series. There's, there's no way. No way in my mind that they can win the series if he can't stay out of foul trouble. Uh, Draymond Green, he got he got ejected yesterday, as I noted. But his antics, they need that. They need they need that energy. They need that firepower, like that guy that can that can get in somebody's skin because that's what the, that's what Draymond is. That's what the Warriors they they feed off that. And if they can get in somebody's head like that and make them look young. They'll win this series probably in five, but I got it in six just because I think the Grizzlies they're gonna they're gonna really, really compete. Um, two more things: Gary Payton needs to play more than Otto Porter. Otto Porter should not be playing in this series. I'm sorry, I'm just not a fan. Uh, Gary Payton deserves all of those minutes. All of those Otto Porter minutes needs to go to Gary Payton. Jonathan Kaminga is the Draymond Green pro, uh, prodigy. He needs to be in this series. He played He played a solid game yesterday. And when you texted me last night or yesterday after the game, and he was like, uh, you said something about, like, why is Kaminga getting minutes? Or something like that. You said Kaminga's getting big time minutes in the series. And I was like, yeah, bro, he's, he's an X factor. He's, mm-hmm. he's an X factor. He has to play. He has to play. He's, he's too athletic. And he can match the speed of those young guys over in Memphis. Uh, he had a huge dunk in that. In that uh, I want to say it was the first half. He had a huge dunk off a of steal. Um, EGP two had a had a huge dunk too. And those those plays give you energy. They give you energy. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's what that's all I got for that series. So I, I'll I'll toss it off to you. Yeah, I mean for me, I say the same thing. Brandon Clark um, is probably the biggest factor for Memphis to win. Um, the way that they didn't play Stephen Adams last series, I mean, they don't show too much confidence in him. Um, he's obviously a paint presence, but you're dealing with a Golden State team that is a three-point shooting team. There's really no way around it. I mean, and they get to the bucket because they are so lethal from three that you are going to have to come out to almost half court and defend them because they are just that lethal uh, shooting from deep. And it's amazing to watch. I mean, Jordan Poole is cut 
from almost the same cloth as Stephen Curry. I mean, at this point, you can already see that he's starting to become a little bit of a Stephen uh, Curry little um, like apprentice almost like he's just learning from him and everything. And it's amazing because so many people doubted Jordan Poole uh, when they drafted him. And I never thought anything too highly of him uh, when he came out of Michigan or anything. Um, and this year, I mean, he really could have won most improved player. Um, I know Draymond Green was fighting for that. And I do, I do agree. I mean, I do think John Morant um, deserved it. He had an amazing year this year. I mean, that was undeniable. But Jordan Poole's um, potential has completely skyrocketed. I don't think anyone saw anything like this happening uh, in the beginning of the season at all. Um, considering the way Steph Curry was playing, especially in the beginning of the year, ever since he won the three-point title, or he took over the three-point leader um, role, I mean, there was really no, there wasn't really much of Steph Curry in the second half of the season, it felt like, and it seemed like Jordan Poole was coming into his own, and Steph did get hurt as well, um, and he was dealing with that, and we saw in that first round um, how good Jordan Poole is and his dribble packages and everything, I mean, He's definitely a special player that's going to develop really well. And Golden State's a great team to develop with. I mean, like you said, Kaminga um, is definitely going to be a big piece. The one thing I texted you about, why I texted you about Kaminga, is because I really didn't see much of him in the last series. Um, they probably didn't match up as well um, as mm -hmm. they wanted to. But um, I figured, you know, for a rookie like him and as deep as we all think that the Warriors are going to go in the playoffs, they should definitely get him warmed up more. And then, you know, in a series like this, then they can count on him to be there and be solid and have somewhat of an experience um, within playoff basketball. And I'm sure he's gotten his minutes uh, through and through against uh, Denver, but um, it just didn't seem like big enough for me to like mm. throw him out there in the fire mm. and all mm. that. But it's undeniable that he's a great player. And when they drafted him, we all kind of knew that they were, they're already in good hands and you know they still have James Wiseman who is out for the season and that that still hasn't even been taken into account but um besides that Clay Thompson is also my x-factor he's one of my favorite players I model my game after him um I'm always outside the three-pointer or three-point line shooting three-pointers and um Clay Thompson's so good at spacing the floor and be able to move to his spots but he's not a shot creator by any means he can get to the rim here and there uh, and dribble to the rim, but um, most of his stuff is catch and shoot. So yeah. for him, he needs to be on point for them mm -hmm. to win. I mean, every team, especially a team like Golden State that's shooting the three-pointer as much as they do, um, they need to be accurate. And that's just a simple fact of the matter. If you're going to win, you have to score. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest things is Clay Thompson. And he's kind of struggled throughout the season once he got back. Um, yeah. He's been trying to get under his feet and – um, I think this is the series if um, if he wants to, you know, if they want to take it to the championship and really compete, um, he's got to come alive this series because they'll need him big time in the Western Conference Finals, without a doubt. Um, and then on the other side of the court, I mean, we're talking about John Morant. Desmond Bain's a big player for this team. John Morant, we obviously know what he's capable of, but guys like Brandon Clark, um, Jaron Jackson has to stay out of foul trouble, but Brandon Clark is definitely my X factor for Memphis if they want to win. He's uh, been an intricate player coming off the bench, and um, I never really understood. Oh, I understood why Stephen Adams was starting because he's such a big presence in the paint. But um, what Brandon Clark brings off the bench, and especially in a playoff atmosphere where you need to rely on your bench, and that's something that Memphis has, and Golden State has a little bit of it, um, but. Mm -hmm. Memphis still is a very deep team and they're very mm. solid and disciplined as well. And that's why they are the second seed. Um, it's pretty impressive to see uh, a small market team like Memphis make um, as much noise as they had so far. Mm. Um, so I'd say Brandon Clark and one of my biggest matchups, and it's not even a defensive matchup, it's going to be John Morant and Draymond Green. We saw it last series with uh, T. Morant and Carl um, <laughs> Anthony Towns' dad going back and forth, and you saw Kat and John Morant uh, going back and forth on Twitter here mm. and there. But um, those two are competitors, and they will not back down from each other. And I honestly expect some kind of little altercation in the game, and it's going to build up as the series goes. And the more games it goes, 
the tougher it's going to get and the yep. more they're going to start bickering and arguing and they both have a platform. Jaws not afraid to be on Twitter and talking and Draymond's got his podcast to talk about everything and they're not afraid to speak their own minds and they mm -hmm. will say what they think and um, it's definitely dangerous um, between the two of them. I think they will mm -hmm. definitely have some kind of altercation throughout the series. Um, and I agree, Gary Payton is a big defensive presence. And I think they'll um, play him more on John Morant because he's such a solid defensive player. He's not a big scorer. He had a big mm -hmm. dunk. Um, that, was a, that was a great dunk and everything. But um, he's a big defensive presence. Obviously, his dad's, you know, Gary yeah, Payton himself. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so it's there's no denying how good of a defender he is. And he's learned so much, I'm sure, from his dad um, that he'll be a big – big factor in terms of guarding John Morant especially once you start getting the one thing is in the playoffs you guys start relying on your bench and even with Boston and Milwaukee they got to rely on their bench in those late second quarters mid second quarters late third quarters heading into the fourth where the bench has to kind of come through and be efficient enough so that the starters can come out and hopefully have a lead and finish the job or um, keep it manageable if they're struggling if the starters are struggling um, that's the biggest key for me. And I have the Warriors in six as well. Um, I definitely think they can get it in five. Um, they definitely won't sweep, but um, I think that I think that it'll be in six. I think it's a safe, that's a safe call um, mm -hmm. considering Memphis, how good the team is, how competitive they are and how well they've shown out um, in this whole playoffs. And they struggled against Minnesota and it looked like Minnesota mm -hmm. was the better team at one point, yeah. but um but they remained solid and uh, it was really good to see that they closed it out on Friday. That was a tough game to close out on an away game and everything. Um, and I think that's something that they have to carry with themselves uh, throughout this series, especially again, against an experienced Warriors team. You got Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green are all champions. They know what it's been like. They know what it's like to be there, be as dominant as they are. And they know what it takes, and they'll make sure that these guys on their team, all the bench, they're all ready to go. And Steve Kerr is a great coach as well. I mean, it almost seems like he's just sitting there and watching greatness. But, <laughs> uh, but, but overall, I think the experience and everything, it's, it's undeniable how great the Warriors are. And we kind of knew that from the beginning of the season. And we'll see. So I got Warriors in six for this series. And it'll be interesting. Just keep an eye out for John, Draymond Green. If you're mm -hmm. ever watching, even in between plays, I can definitely imagine them just jawing at it. I saw a clip on Twitter yesterday of them kind of beating each other on the chest and talking and everything. And that's just only the start. We're only at game one. So right. it's only going to get interesting from here. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Warriors in six for me, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so we got Phoenix and Dallas. Okay, this is a series that I don't expect to go too long. I don't yeah. expect it to go too long. I got Suns in five. Uh, no disrespect to Luka. He's a top five player in the league, in my opinion. Uh, but he's just not enough. He's just not enough for this Phoenix team. And it really starts off for Phoenix. It starts off for, uh, with the others. And I apologize if y'all can hear my dog barking in the background. Uh, but I can't control that. Um, but, yeah, we'll start. it starts off with that with the others for Phoenix, man. I, it, last series, even against um, – the Pelicans, it was it was terrible. It was, the, the, the others were terrible. Uh, campaign, he wasn't good in the last series. Mm -hmm. Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson, he's got to he's got to hit his shots in this series. Uh, Jay Crowder was pretty much, I wouldn't say non-existent, but he wasn't he wasn't the Jay Crowder that we know, the three and D guy mm -hmm. that gets under people's skin. He did get he did have a good game against uh, Jackson Hayes. I want to say. Uh, what game was that? I want to say that was game five or four. It was one of the games in uh, in Phoenix where he was like, he was just lighting it up. I was like, whoa, this man is hitting everything. But it really comes down to the guards for for Phoenix uh, because Chris Paul pretty much done did everything in that series last uh, in the first round. Uh, I, it comes down to if Booker's healthy. I don't know if he's fully healthy. I don't know what percentage of Booker we're going to get. Uh, but talking about CP again, he can't only turn it on in the fourth. It's got to be all four quarters. He's got to be 
he's got to be the book. I mean, he's got to be the CP3 that we know. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's got to be dominating. No pun intended. That was a little joke here. Dominating. He's got to dominate. He's got to be big in this series because uh, I don't think Dallas has the presence to, to guard him. I don't think they have the presence to guard him. Uh, the White Powell's solid. He's just not sturdy enough in that paint to guard Aiden. Uh, but yeah, Cam and Payne, it's gotta, gotta help out CP3. Gotta help out CP3. Now, guarding Luka, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to guard Luka if you're the Suns, but the Suns have a bunch of bodies that they can throw at him. They have a bunch of guys. They have a guy that was second in defensive player of the year, Mikel Bridges, uh, which is crazy, which is crazy how two wings, one one of the guys won it, which was Marcus Smart, and yeah. the guy that was second is a wing, which is Mikel Bridges, and his defense is much improved. He was always a great defender, but this season is just, he just took a leap. He took a he took an all-defensive first-team leap, and that's just insane to me. Last year, I don't even think he was on a team. And now he's an all-defensive first-team guy, second in defensive player of the year. So he's going to have a tough, tough matchup against Luka because that guy right there is special. Um, I guess Garden Brunson is going to be hard, too. So <laughs> according to last series, hey, that yeah, that guy is going to get 100 mil. He's going to get 100 mil this this offseason, man. And, I, and I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. But he's going to be hard to guard for them. I don't know who's going to get that matchup at first. I think it's going to be uh, CP just because he's their second best perimeter defender. And, you know, he's an old guy, but he's still a solid defender. Uh, he had great, he had, he had a great series against uh, CJ McCollum defensively. And I was like, I like, there was plays where he was trying to, like CJ was trying to make a move that would normally work against not, not, not so great. Yeah. Not so great defenders or I mean, yeah, just about anyone, but I guess, I guess CP just knows all of his moves, and and I guess yeah. So CP was his boss with the uh, the the MB MBPA. What is it? The uh, the National Basketball Players Association. Yeah, he's the president yeah. of the Players Association. Yeah, man. he handed it. He handed it down to uh to CJ. CJ's now the president, and I was like, I made a joke in my head. I'm like, yeah, he gave that. That's why he knows all his moves because he gave him the the uh, presidential candidacy. But yeah. That's pretty much what it comes down to. And if Dallas can hit their shots, they might make it a series. They might make it a series. If Maxi Kleber can hit his shots like he did in the last series, and if uh, Davis Bertans can hit his shots, even though he's just he's overpaid, vastly overpaid, but that's another story. That's another story, man. I he he makes me upset. He makes me upset. I thought they should have kept Porzingis, but I do like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that if he can come in off that bench and produce at a high level, give them a, a good 15 and five. I think they can make it a series, but I doubt that this series goes past five. I doubt that this series goes past five, but yeah, I'll, I'll toss it off to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. There's really no comparison, to be honest with you. I mean, the yeah. Suns are just so deep as a team. Dallas is not ready yet, but the Jazz weren't ready at all. I mean, and even for me, I thought the Jazz would – this would be their year to kind of like actually prove themselves rather than have this reputation that they've had. And I mean, they completely just lived up to the expectations of everyone talking down on them. Um, but Dallas, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due without Luka Doncic for what the first three games, first two games at least. And Jalen Brunson came on and was so efficient all over the place and then Spencer Dinwiddie as well um that was a big he was a big component to the team um he's a great distributor of the ball um I just think he's got a great IQ he's played a long time he's played enough and um he knows exactly what his role is and I think that's what Dallas has consisted of is a bunch of role players but they're not any kind of role player that is anywhere near like especially in the in the paint DeAndre Aiden and they even had uh JaVale McGee as well and JaVel McGee is honestly he's really not bad for uh number two center I think he's long enough and you know he can do the job but I just do not think that the Mavericks even match up any close anywhere close to where the Suns do um Mikael Bridges one of my biggest keys for the series is him um guarding Luka Doncic I mean 
he's great on defense and he's second in uh, defensive player of the year, but also his offensive efficiency is something that uh, needs to be talked about as well. He was very efficient this year. And, um, you know, unlike a guy like Matisse Thibel or even Smart struggles a little bit from scoring as well, um, but has a defensive presence. Um, but Mikel Bridges was solid the whole year. Um, he played every single game um, this season. and He hasn't missed a game at all, I'm pretty sure, um, which is really impressive over, what, four years now that he's been in the NBA. Um, he's just been an efficient player now, especially offensively um, this year. Um, I think that'll be the biggest factor is him scoring. Jay Crowder, obviously, uh, I think is a big is a big piece, especially in guarding Luca as well. I think they'll be able to switch off between those two and have them guard um, Luca and try to maintain him as well as Jalen Brunson as well, because he's a big dude as well. Um, but overall, I just don't think the Suns can really compete or the not the Suns, the Mavs can really compete with the Suns um, at all. And there's really not too much to talk about because it seems pretty plain and simple. We'll see what happens with Devin Booker. I honestly mm -hmm. think they shouldn't even rush it um, and just kind of let the series play out. Cause I think, um, you know, although it's the playoffs, I think the Suns are more than capable of kind of closing out um, the Mavs easily and being able to have Devin Booker then mm -hmm. for the Western conference finals, fully healthy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll end up bringing him in probably like, game four, game five, or wherever mm -hmm. the case may be, who knows how this series is going to go, um, mm -hmm. considering the way that Dallas blew our expectations. But they're another team that lives and dies by the three-pointer. And um, I don't think that their players are just capable of being that efficient again. I, mm -hmm. You know, they are pros, but um, against a team like the Suns, who's solid defensively, their coach, Monty Williams, is very impressive against Jason Kidd, who is a, you know, He's a former player. He's got a great mind mm -hmm. and everything, but he's not a complete coach like Monty Williams is. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've seen that, you know, Chris Paul and Monty Williams have been, to, were together way back when Chris Paul mm -hmm. was a rookie. Um, so it's been a long time coming. And when you go up against any kind of coach like Monty Williams or um, anyone of that stature, you mm -hmm. know, you're going to have trouble because those guys know what they're doing. They've been there before and, um, they will outcoach you more than anything. Um, you know, as much as the players play, um, coaches play a big part in everything. And I think um, Monty Williams is probably my one of my biggest factors because he'll he's a smart guy, and I think mm -hmm. uh, he'll know how to get the job done. And Chris Paul, as you said, you know he's got to be on every quarter. Um, he's up there, so campaign does have to help him out, uh, but. I think overall Chris Paul just needs to do his own thing and just look to score a little bit more. I think mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's the point guard. He'll, he'll get mm -hmm. his assists. He knows how to yeah. play and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, overall, I think the Suns will be fine. I, I really yeah. don't foresee any issues. And this might be the series where we just kind of sleep on them and we're like, okay, well, we didn't expect this at all on this. And now the mm -hmm. Mavs make it like a six, seven game series, yeah. but yeah, we'll see what happens here. Yeah, so that's perfect. That's perfect. So everything that you said, I pretty much, I pretty much agree with. Uh, all right, so the series that we all been waiting for, especially you and I, for sure. Uh, the series we've been talking about for the past what week and a half now, Miami versus Philly. <laughs> Miami versus Philly. Uh, you got some strong opinions on this series. Uh, so I'm going to let you go first, but I'll say my my uh, prediction real quick. Miami is seven, but I'll let you go first because you got, I know you got some strong opinions on this series. So, yeah. So um, first off, I mean, I'm a student at Westchester University, so I'm surrounded by Philly fans and I, I hear it enough and we keep our biases aside. Um, so what you're hearing is what I'm going to tell you and it's my truth and my belief and um maybe it plays out maybe it doesn't who knows but um first things first it starts with the two teams in comparison um I think that uh Miami has so much depth in comparison to Philadelphia um let me get started by my prediction I have Miami in five and I could say Miami in four honestly uh considering the way that the Philadelphia 76ers played as a roster, as a whole team uh, against Toronto, um, who's 
a good team. They made it to the playoffs for a reason. They're in the playoffs for a reason. Um, but they played so sloppy, and there were some games where they kind of deserved to lose that they lost, and they had that MB three-pointer where there was a complete defensive lapse uh, by the whole team. You could tell, I mean, just how clean that shot was. Uh, goes to show how big of a breakdown that was on that play. Um, but overall, in comparison to the two rosters, I think Miami just has so much more depth on the bench. I mean, they have six man of the year, Tyler Hero, in my opinion, uh, one of my favorite players uh, in the NBA right now um, with a great potential in the future. He, sh- he honestly could be a starter and he probably would be on any other team, but um, he fits the role so perfectly in Miami. And overall, just as a culture, you're seeing um, Philadelphia kind of crumble in some ways they're really not uh, confident in Doc Rivers whatsoever. And um, guys like Tobias Harris are major keys to this series um, that need to pick it up because the biggest factor of this all, which I'll actually start at the top with, is Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid being hurt for the first two games at least. And I could honestly see them, you know, just making it look easy and say that he's going to be out two games, but I could see him being out three games. And he's obviously the biggest X factor between uh, whether or not Philadelphia wins or not. Um, I think he's he's should be the MVP if there wasn't any kind of stat matrix or anything like that. I think he puts in the work every single night. Um, there's no doubt about it. But his biggest problem is staying healthy. Um, and that's been a thing for a long mm-hmm. time. And I've been saying that for weeks. We kind of knew that it was going to be Miami and Toronto, or uh, Miami and Philadelphia. Um, Atlanta and Toronto were really not going to compete against these two. Um, but I just think that the culture of Miami, the way that they play defense, um, the depth that they have, Max Struess uh, is a big bench player. Um, Duncan Robinson is a great um, spot shooter. They got PJ Tucker, who's a lockdown defender, a good corner shooter. Uh, corner shooter and three-pointer or for three-pointers he's an amazing uh, player for that only for only that reason and um, I just think that Miami has more depth there's just really not much um, Philadelphia has to offer once they start resorting to the bench in my in my own feeling Um, but it will be interesting it'll be an interesting series and Philadelphia is not going to go down without a fight um, I think Tyrese Maxey is actually my biggest X factor for Philadelphia to win the series. Um, I think he needs to be now the first best player on the team. Uh, I always said he needed to be the second best. And I know James Harden needs to step up as well. But Tyrese Maxey is going to be relied on to score points, as is Tobias Harris and as is James Harden, as is the rest of the team, considering Joel Embiid's not in the paint uh, causing problems or anything. Um, and I think that's the biggest flaw is – no Joel Embiid, and he's banged up, and they play him all game long. Um, and they resort to B-Ball Paul, and they just brought up another guy too, um, Bassey. Uh, is it Charles Bassey, am I correct? And saying that from the G League, who is apparently a really good player. I've never really heard of him. but Yeah, Charles um, Bassey, yep. He went, yeah. uh, I think he went to Western Kentucky in college. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea who he was, but, you know, since Embiid's hurt, they brought this guy up, and um, – Without Embiid, it's kind of tough to see Philadelphia winning at all. And that's why I already knew just from their sloppy play that Miami's defense is just going to take over. That culture that they built down there with Spolstra and even UD, um, it's just great. Pat Riley knows what he's doing, and he's got some great players lined up, especially even Kyle Lowry is a great point guard. Jimmy Butler, great player. I know he's uh, been a little banged up as well, but um, – for me, I just think that the Miami Heat just have too much um, for Philadelphia to handle right now. I just don't think Philadelphia is that team. Um, Miami took this team to the NBA Finals in the bubble, and that's a whole other world that we were living in. But um, I still think with that experience, those guys, Tyler Hero was a rookie at the time. Duncan Robinson, I'm pretty sure, was a rookie or a second-year player. Yeah, second-year player. And um I just think they have the experience. I think they have the athleticism, the firepower. And overall, I just think um, Philadelphia as a whole, the team and everything, I think they'll move on from Doc Rivers by the end of this season just because of how how much turmoil has been caused, um, how much they've put into question him uh, and his legacy as well um, as a coach. He's not you know, the greatest coach of all time, but he's definitely a great coach. And 
Um, it just seems like they're struggling in, uh, internally. And overall, Miami is just going to kind of take advantage of that. And it starts with Joel Embiid. And um, you guys will see, I, I think, in my opinion, you guys will see um, Philadelphia just kind of show all the flaws that they need to work on. Um, they just need to add some bigger pieces. Um, a guy like James Harden's been around the league for so long, and he's not that 50-point double-double type of, type of guy anymore like he was in Houston. Um, so I just think uh, overall Miami's just kind of got it. Um, it's theirs to lose, and we'll see. I have Eden five, but don't be surprised if they swept either. That's my prediction. It's all you now. Yeah. Uh, so there you go, guys. That's the bold take. That's the bold take for today. Uh, so I got Miami at seven. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than Nick says it is. Uh, and if it does go to five or four, I think all five or four of those games are gonna be competitive. Uh, so there's gonna be no Joel Embiid until game three or four. Uh, so we gotta take into account that. For Philly to win this series, they got to steal a game in Miami in these first two games. If they don't, this is a sweep, like he said. If they don't, this is going to either be a sweep or a five-game series. They got to steal a game. Uh, for Miami, Jimmy and Kyle sat out. I think Jimmy sat out the last game in that, in that series against Atlanta, and, and Kyle Lowry sat out the last, like, two or three games in that series. So... I don't know what the timetable or what's going on with that. Uh, but if that's the case and they are injured, we might have a different look at this series. Uh, Matisse Thibel for Philly cannot play. Um, he just can't. He just cannot play. Defensively, yes, he is an amazing defender. He's a top five defender on the perimeter, in my opinion, for sure. But offensively, he just, he's just a liability. There's no other way to explain it. He's a liability. He reminds me of what Andre Roberson was for that Thunder team back in the day. Couldn't Great shoot. Comparison. Yeah, couldn't shoot. They literally just sag off of him 20 to 15 feet. Uh, great defender. Great defender for sure. Got a good girlfriend as well, Richard Demita. Shout out to her. Uh, but I yeah, didn't know uh, that. Oh, my gosh. Shout yeah, out, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to him for sure, but... <laughs> Um, Matisse can't play. He just cannot play. Uh, he, he's been a great defender for his whole career, but just that the liability on offense is just not, it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them. So Danny Green has to play. He has to play. He, he hasn't been shooting the ball well, but we know Danny Green to be a solid three and D guy. If he can hit his shots, it'll be big for Philly. Uh, like you were talking about James, James has to be James Harden. He has to be the James Harden that we've seen previous. He can't be that hesitant James Harden that doesn't look engaged and wants to leave a team. He can't be that. He can't be that. His first step has taken a hit. He's not as quick as he was, as he was in Houston. And even when he first got to Brooklyn, uh, he's not as quick as that. He's not as quick as that. And it kind of, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary, honestly, because Miami has the defenders. They're going to throw bodies at James Harden. They're going to throw bodies at uh, at um, Joel Embiid when he gets back. And they they defend similar to how Toronto defends, but with better defenders. Toronto defended Joel Embiid. They threw so many bodies at him. They threw so many bodies at James. They threw Gary Trent. They threw Fred Van Fleet. They threw uh, Scotty Barnes. They threw a lot of guys at James Harden. And they threw a lot of guys at Embiid. They threw Siakam. They threw Ken Birch. They threw uh, who else? Who else was it? They threw um Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher yeah. yeah, Chris Boucher. They threw a lot of bodies at that guy. And Miami has many more defenders than than Toronto, and they're going to do the same exact thing. The scheme is the scheme is very similar, and Joel Embiid coming back from that ligament tear, having a lot of bodies thrown at him is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And honestly, it makes me want to change my prediction a little bit, but I'm going to stick to my prediction with seven games. Uh, but it wants me, I want to say six and five now, but now nah, I'm just going to say seven. I'm just going to stick to it. Um, but yeah, uh, I have chess match in my notes because that's what Eric Spolster is going to do. He's going to play chess with, uh, with um, 
Doc Rivers, he's going to play chess. He's going to play chess. And Doc, he has to match the energy. If Doc can't match the energy, then they're going to lose this series easily, very handily. And in my humble opinion, Eric Spolch is much better as a coach than uh, Doc Rivers. Oh, yeah. Much better. And I, I don't think it's close. Uh, but in order to play chess, you got to have the pieces. Philly doesn't have the pieces, like you said, off the bench. They don't have the pieces. And Miami does. They got they got uh Toaster Schrusel. They got uh they got Duncan Robinson, they got Gabe Vincent, they got Dwayne Dedman, they got uh Cody Martin or Caleb. I forget which Martin brothers on the heat. I think it's Cody. It's Cody. I'm I'm, yeah, I think whatever it's, one. Whatever, yeah, whatever one it is. The same. They yeah. can't even tell them apart. Whatever Martin brother it is, yeah. he's he's coming and produced very well. Uh they have the pieces. They have they have good bench. They have good bench production, and Philly really doesn't. Their their main guy off the bench. They don't even play. Shake Milton, Shake Milton is their best guy off the bench, and they don't play him. They don't play him. Uh, it just can't. It can't. That can't be a thing. That can't be a thing. He has to play in this series, especially when Matisse is not going to be able to play because he can't score. Uh. I talked about their defensive scheme, how they're going to attack Joel. And the main hole with this team ever since James Harden's got there was Tobias Harris. That was the main question mark with this team. Tobias Harris has to hit shots and he has to be a, a, an option. He has to be an option. If he's not an option, this series is over fast. Like you said, this series is over fast. He has to be an option. Tyrese Maxey has to be like you said, he has to be either the first best player or the or the second without Joel Embiid. Uh, for me, it's second just because I think Joel, uh, I think James Harden has to be that MVP caliber player that we've seen him in Houston for them to be even comp- competing in this series. Uh, if Miami cannot hit the three ball, this might be an interesting series because there has there was a there was a game where in an Atlanta series where he didn't hit the three ball and it, Atlanta stole one. Mm-hmm. Atlanta stole one, hit that floater. Uh, uh, Trey Young hit that floater, game game winner, pretty much. Uh, so it really comes down to them hitting threes, but they do that. They do that. They get them up and they make them. Uh, so Eric Spolster is going to play chess, and I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win that chess match. So we'll see. It can either go in five. It can either go in sit in seven. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how your prediction pans out and how my prediction is panned out. Uh, but that pretty much concludes for me the second round predictions. Uh, it's going to be a fun second round. The first round, there was no seven games in the first round, which was frustrating for me because yeah. I wanted to see. I wanted to see at least one. We had three opportunities in two days, and none of them, none yeah. of them were game sevens. Yeah. I wanted to see that uh, Memphis and and uh, Minnesota series go to seven, but it didn't. Uh, but that that Minnesota team has a bright future, man. Um, but yeah, enough Very about bright. that. Enough about that first round stuff. Second round, I'm excited for it. Uh, we got games tonight at 7.30 and 10 o'clock. 7.30 is the East Coast game, and uh, 10 o'clock is that the Suns and, and yeah. Dallas. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I can't wait for it. Um, but, yeah, other than that, do you got anything else? I mean, the same goes for me. I mean, we keep our biases out of, yeah. out of everything. I mean, as much as I love Boston, you know, I can respect Philadelphia as a team, and these are playoff teams, so mm-hmm. be ready for good matchups and everything. Everyone's mm-hmm. gonna play their own chess, can- chess little chess match, and mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting. I mean, not everything's gonna hold true from what we say. I mean, you hear the guys on ESPN talking about it, and sometimes what they say doesn't even hold true either. So right. we'll see what happens, but it'll be interesting. It's always fun to watch, and um. I think I think the league has a bright future, especially I mean I teams like the Timberwolves. Um, small market small market teams are starting to get those players. Um, I think the league is just developing. I think the players are developing as a whole, and they're just ready to come out right right out of college and ready to go. So, um, it's gonna get even more interesting as we go on for these next few years. But um, I think that uh, this second round will be interesting. I think. I'm solid on my predictions. I believe in them, but, you know, whether or not they hold true, you know, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I love watching it, and we'll see the adjustments, the injuries especially. 
I think that's one thing that um, we haven't truly touched on is just we don't know who's going to get hurt, who's not. You know, we already know the injuries right now with the players that are currently hurt, but there's so many more injuries that are going to happen. I mean, it's just inevitable. Everyone gets hurt. I mean, they're beating each other up, bruising it. I mean, it's just the way it goes. Um, that's playoff basketball. So, you know, may the best team survive and, you know, the one with the most players left will probably be uh, end up in the uh, in the finals at the end of the day. So we'll see what happens here. I mean, we still got a lot of basketball to play, but I'm looking forward to it. And I mean, honestly, this whole this whole first episode has been uh, pretty awesome. And this is something that we both uh, we both had talked about just a little and um, something that we wanted to do just as uh, friends, just, you know, chopping it up, talking basketball. So this is what it's for. I mean, we're just going to, you know, talk it up and, you know, give our opinions and, you know, whether you like them or not, you know, that's, you know, your opinion and you have the right to your own opinion. And um, we respect that as well. Um, so it's exciting. We're excited for this podcast as well. We're excited for the rest of the playoffs and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, it'll be really interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this, this is something we talked about for so long and I'm excited to finally get it rolling. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, is that, is that everything you got? Yeah, yeah for me. I mean, that's everything yeah. for me. Yeah, um, that's everything I got. Much touched on everything. Yeah. So yeah, that's everything I got. So hit that subscribe button to not miss an episode, guys, because it's coming. It's coming. All right. Uh, we'll see y'all soon. Yeah, and send some comments in the in the comment section. You know, if you have mm -hmm. any ideas, any topics or anything that you'd like us to discuss, we'd be more than willing to do anything. I mean, this is only getting started and you know this is something that's a passion for the both of us. We both love basketball. It's brought us both together as friends. Yeah. Um and it's brought so many people together. That's why I love the game of basketball. Um and I'm just looking forward to keep on going and uh, we'll keep yeah. on producing content here and looking forward to seeing where this takes us and who we get to speak yeah. with and uh, how much we get to learn. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I hope you guys are uh, along for the ride and yeah. uh, it'll be a lot of fun. For sure. For sure. Yeah. All righty. Well, All right. with that, this is the first episode. Thank you so much.